are a W-2 capitalist. You are addressing the gap between your successful, fulfilling W-2 job and building wealth for your family through real estate investing. You are ready to earn, invest, repeat. Welcome to the W-2 Capitalist Podcast. Now, let's get to work. Here's your host, Jay Helms. Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Jay Helms. I'm the founder of this movement and podcast known as the W-2 Capitalist. Today, you're going to get your daily dose of Kim. Kim Daly has spent the last 20 years helping people achieve financial freedom by enabling them to find the perfect franchise opportunity, which I have nothing to, I have no idea what that looks like. So we're going to get into that. Her skill of matching a client's background, interest skills, finances, and life goals to the ideal opportunity has made her one of the top franchise consultants in the country. Uh, I've got to slow down because I'm really excited about this conversation and I'm, my words are going to mumble together if I don't uh, slow down a little bit. But today, we are here to pick her brain and gain some insight into what can seem like a daunting process. I would agree with that. I think it's a daunting process, but you're going to make sure that is not the case, right? Um, right. Of deciding on the perfect franchise to enable you, Mr. Listener or Watcher on YouTube, to gain. Mr. or Mrs., excuse me, or Miss, uh, to gain financial freedom. Kim, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. So before we get into what a franchise actually is, because I think there's a lot of different things, you've got some experience behind you, right? 20 years. But why should anybody listen to this or watch this episode further than right now? What makes you the expert? So... <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to determine that by the time this interview is over. <laughs> I have a lot of experience. I have a lot of relationships. I have... this is a succinct answer, right? Just... <laughs> <laughs> so, when, when you're looking at franchising, it's just like, where do you even begin? How do yeah. you know what are the questions and who should you be talking to? And how do you do proper due diligence so that you can feel competent that you're even making a good decision? And that's why I have a business and I've been doing this for 18 years. And as you kind of so kindly said, I am blessed to help so many people. It makes me one of the top consultants in the country. Awesome. Awesome. So let's talk about, we, we were chatting a little bit about, and right before I hit the, before I found the record button and hit it, <laughs> about um, different types of franchises and how, as we talk about a lot about real estate on the show, it, well, yeah, 99% of real estate. <laughs> we do. But, yeah. <laughs> But you mentioned something that I didn't even know was possible is, is that um, you can become, a person can become a passive franchise owner. Before we get into that, what is a franchise? Just let's make sure we're on common terms, right, of what a franchise actually is. Okay, so a franchise, when a, when a company decides to set itself up as a franchise, it's a way of using other people's money to build a brand, right? It's a way of distributing products, services, goods, building a brand using other people's money, where each individual franchise owner is going to be given the template, the business plan. That's what you pay for when you pay a franchise fee. You're like, give me that proven business plan that will come with marketing and training and ongoing mentorship and vendor relationships, technology to help you manage your business. So you're buying kind of business 
business in a toolbox. And then you get to go out and execute on that business plan rather than like an entrepreneur who's like, okay, I have an idea. I want to bring it to market. And now I got to stop and create all of this stuff. So franchisees get to pay a fee and immediately execute on the business, get to the part where you start making money versus an entrepreneur who's got to stop and figure everything out. And there's a lot of trial and error in that mm-hmm. figuring out, right? Before they can enable, before they can get to a point where they can even ha- start thinking about making money. Gotcha. So when you, like if I'm interested in hiring a franchise consultant, is there an option? So I would come to you and I would say, Kim, here's, what I want to do right now that is part of the investment piece the other part is or this is my question actually is sorry I was reading your bio when you were talking and I didn't I skipped over the part that you were a Miss America uh, oh. contestant <laughs> I would say that you are the first Miss America contestant on the show so congratulate <laughs> If you if you're if you're not watching, she just did a little uh, Miss America thing <laughs> or uh, modeling thing. It, was funny. It, it only relates to my role here in that since the time I was 12, 13 years old, when I got involved in the pageant system, I've always <laughs> wanted to serve other people. I've yeah. always wanted to influence, be a role model, guide, lead, inspire. It's just what I was born to do. So when I stumbled upon this business model that I'm in now called Fran Choice, which is just like a franchise, um, I really was like, I mean, I was born to do that. And that's why I, I do it with so much passion. And I love, love, love my business, even after 20 years of doing it. That's awesome. So if I go out and hire a franchise uh, consultant like yourself, I'm looking for what I can passively invest in. I want to get into what that looks like here in a minute. But do you also, like if I were to come to you and say, hey, I want to franchise the W2 Capitalist. Is that something you could say, well, let's look at that and how you would actually franchise that? Is that something you do as well? It's not, it's not my expertise. Okay. I mean, more than likely, I would talk you out of it. Yeah. <laughs> I love, buddy. Okay, let me save you a lot of heartache. Like, what? He, it cracks people up when they bring me ideas, and I'll be like, why do you want to franchise that? And they're like, wait a minute, don't you make a living like helping yeah. people grow their franchises? I'm like, yeah, because what's done is done. But like, listen, being a franchisor has got to be one of the hardest jobs in the world because, or businesses in the world because all these young business owners are putting the majority of their life savings in your idea. Mm. And they're like kids, no matter how much you do for them, it's never, (laughs) (laughs) they're never completely satisfied. Somebody's always miserable, right? Like, so it's just like a family of dysfunction, no matter how great of a leader you are. So I say, I don't really know if you want to do that, but no, you would go to a franchise attorney. But what I, what I do counsel people on is because I've, been blessed to like help hundreds of franchises grow. I know what makes them saleable. Like I know what the first investors are going to want to see in order for it to to take off. Yeah. And I think an attorney might just take your money and legally turn you into a business, Mm. but I don't know how much of that kind of real world information they would give. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So we got that established. So you're, you're helping folks like me who want to add uh, or fill in one of the quadrants. And we were talking about Robert Kiyosaki earlier about, you know, if you don't have all of them filled up, like I'm on now on a quest, I don't know that I'll ever be an employee again. Uh, at least that's not the plan, but I do 
lack in, in the other areas, right? I've got the business, which is, which is what I'm doing now with the WG Capitalist. I have the investment, which we do with Palmetto Sun Properties, which is our real estate investing side of the house. But I don't own, I don't mean, I don't feel like I have one of those other blocks, right? As far as being a passive franchise owner, which I didn't know existed until you brought it up earlier. So let's talk about that. What does that actually mean? What does that actually look like? Okay. So there are different types of investments for different types of investors used for different types of reasons. And this is why I have a business. So when people come to me, they say, you know, this, these are kind of my goals. This is what I'm looking to achieve in this time frame. And then we talk about their skill sets and we talk about their investment capability. And is this something that you're going to build and sell over five to 10 years or build and maybe leave as a legacy for your children? Because all of those uh, definitions help lead me to different types of industry and then even different types of companies. So when we talk about semi-absent, so sometimes, oftentimes, people will find me when they're in career transition. They've been laid off and they're thinking about, um, I don't want to put myself back in this situation. So maybe I have to go back to corporate America one more time because we need the insurance benefits or I'm the primary breadwinner and it's too big of a risk to put my family, you know, all in on a business. Um, So great. Well, we have what are called semi-absentee ownership options where this means you can have one foot in both worlds. These are manager-run businesses where we say in franchising, the owner works on the business while their employees work in the business. So you're the CEO managing your team, managing marketing, managing strategy, maybe managing multi-unit growth. And then you have your team of experienced. So the people that you're hiring, you hire to the experience of the business. For example, if you were to open a Massage Envy, this would be one such example. I could be a client at Massage Envy for 10 years and never need to know you, right? Mm. The brand and the location bring me in. And then I build a relationship with a therapist. So why do I need to know you? Unless I'm not happy about something, right? (laughs) So the owner doesn't really play a day-to-day function and he or she is relying on their team. So you're bringing the leadership skills to build a culture that when you're not there, these people are delivering, delivering an amazing experience and building your business for you. And that's why these types of businesses can scale to multiple units fairly quickly because no one location requires the owner even from day one. Gotcha. Makes okay. Sense. Yeah, it absolutely does. And, and I love that you're talking about number of units because that's what, I mean, that's just right up our alley as real estate investors, right? And I've never thought of looking as a franchise uh, ownership as a unit. That's a uh, pretty good correlation there. So thank you for doing that. Yeah. So the majority of the people that I help, you know, if you're coming from a corporate background and eventually you'd like to be able to live off of this business, you're going to figure out that the wealth is created through the scale, just like you might in real estate, right? The more diversified the portfolio, the safer the whole portfolio, right? All the things you probably teach in real estate. So the same thing's going to apply here. So if we can put in, you know, if we can get one location that's netting, you know, a million dollars in revenue and you're pulling out about 10%, a hundred thousand or something, I don't want to make any earnings claims, just, you know, say a hundred thousand. These are, uh, this is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Uh, Results may vary, right? Exactly. (laughs) And so you, and so you, you know, you want to, you want to make 300 or 400 or 500, then you need to keep building multiple units. 
right? So, and the way, again, like the reason you can do that and the majority of my investors will have that plan from day one, because when they work with me, we're going to go all the way to the end. Like, what are you trying to really build here? And then we're going to back end you into where do you start? But if you wanted to own three to five units of a particular business, you would probably need to um, commit to those upfront because there's an economy of scale. If you can have three locations in a geographical area, right? Where if one location is fully booked, you could lead your client. Hey, we have a store two miles down the road. Mm-hmm. You could have one general manager who can easily get from store to store. You could own the radio advertising in that area that would cover all three stores. So yeah. there's an economy of scale that you would miss out on if you came back in the future and said, okay, I got this one going. Now I want another one. And the franchisor was like, well, the only open territory is an hour and a half away. <laughs> yeah. So you kind of miss out on that opportunity. Right. Gotcha. What is, what is the most popular... So two questions. What is the most popular industry to own a franchise? And second part of that question, what is the most successful industry to own a franchise? Those are awesome questions. So Jay, <laughs> I'm going to lead you to my website, thedailycoach.com. Okay. <laughs> I have a library of videos on franchising facts, debunking myths. So the answer to those questions is it depends. So back in college, I was a personal trainer and people would come up and be like, so what's the best exercise to get in shape? And I'd be like, well, the one that you're going to do consistently. (laughs) So it's all about being able to find people in a franchise that you respect. You respect their leadership. You respect their vision. You respect their plan and being coachable to that plan and waking up and following that plan and not giving up on that plan just because things take a little bit longer or they don't go exactly right, right out of the gate, right? Mm. Just like in anything else in life, success in a franchise is, is for those people that want it. I cannot correlate success in a franchise to having an MBA, having prior experience, knowing anything about the industry that you're going into. It doesn't matter. Yes, yeah, so if you want it or not, right? Yeah. What matters is how you come to the table, how coachable you are and whether like the franchisors will often say, we know that our plan works, but what we don't know is, are you going to work the plan? Mm. Yeah. It's similar to, um, I I saw this on a t-shirt and I'm thinking, I'm probably going to get it if my wife allows me to, (laughs) but the other day I saw this on a t-shirt, it said, I can explain it to you. I can't understand it for you. Right. So the same, same principle is, here is the plan. Uh, and as I talked on this morning on YouTube live, how, how my warning signals about what the market's been doing here in the last couple of months started going off six to eight months ago, because people who have never bought real estate, who have shied away from real estate started coming to me and says, man, I really want this deal. Hey, I want to do this. I know you do this. Tell me about it. I'm like, here's what I would offer the property. And here's why I wouldn't buy it right now. And they're telling me how I'm wrong. And here we are six months later, they bought it at what they wanted to buy it for. They got very emotionally charged about it and they didn't make a sound business decision. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens to that property and them, you know, six to 12 months from now. So it's one of those things where, yeah, if you buy into a um, a franchise, if you're a franchisee, right, you've bought into the plan, realize the plan works. And the people behind the people behind the plan, like you're giving mentorship to your clients, 
That's what you're paying them to do. So when people start grumbling about yeah. why do I have to pay the franchisee a royalty? It's like, well, because they're supporting you and guiding you and coaching you. And if there's yeah. no value, I'd grumble, but there should be tremendous value because you've never owned a business before. And every single day you're going to wake up and go, Oh my God, what am I supposed to do? And there's going to be people there <laughs> that are going to coach you and guide you and train you on what you're to do. Yeah. I, I love, um, so we're going through uh, pitch anything a book by Oren Claff right now, uh, in the W2 capitalist mastermind group. And he talks about the power frame and how, when you get questions like that and, and I love, and I was doing this before I even knew what it was called. Right. And my former W2 job, not the last one, I just, the one I was laid off from, but the one before that I would get, uh, clients. Now these were physicians. We served the privately held medical practice where we're an IT shop and we served them and, and made them made their stuff just work. Right. And then they would question us on, well, why does it cost this? Or why am I, why should I have to do that? And I'm like, look, and so those conversations, you know, you'd have a little bit of patience with them, but as you're kind of grooming them along, eventually the conversation would come out like, look, you pay me to tell you this if you don't think we're the experts anymore, then we're having a different conversation. Let's talk about how to transition you to somebody else. Right. <laughs> but right now you pay us to give you this advice because of our long history together, the references you checked before you signed on the dotted line. And if that has gone right, then we have, we are now having a different conversation than why am I telling you to do this? Right. So it's, it's interesting. You said something there though, about um, leaning on the franchise or, to tell you and believing in the franchisor, is there an interview process in most of these franchises where the franchisee and the franchisor get together and, and they both give a thumbs up or they say, no, this is not going to be a good fit because we don't like your personality. How does, I mean, or is it just, if it, if you got money, you can buy a franchisee or you can be a franchisee and all over the place. What's the, how does that work? Another great question. This is exactly why I have a business. So really good franchises are awarded. They're not sold. Mm -hmm. So the reason my service is free for candidates is because franchisors can advertise on the internet and then every day have hundreds of emails and not know like the, the quality of the people, right? Yeah. Not know who to call first, who has money, who lives in a market they have, you know, have open. So instead they can come to consultant groups like Franchise and say, look, we're looking for people with these skills who have this much money, who live in these markets. Mm. You find them, bring them to us. We like them and award them a business. We'll pay you a fee. So that's why it's free for my candidates, but there's so much more that goes into that. I mean, that was like 20 years ago. Our industry has evolved and grown so much to where when I work with a candidate, I mean, I'm grooming you to help you get approved. So the question you ask is, is there an interview? Yes. The, the whole process of exploring the franchise is a mutual evaluation. Yeah. When I meet people and they say, oh, I looked at company so-and-so and I got their FDD and I'm like, okay, wait, wait. Did you ever talk to anybody in the franchise? <laughs> well, no, no. I mean, I just, I just got their FDD and I looked online and I'm like, look, okay. So most franchisors are not putting their secret sauce out on the internet for every competitor to see. Yeah. So, and since you're ultimately investing in people and a culture of leadership and support, if you've never spoken to anybody, how can you claim that you've explored the franchise, right? So getting the legal documentation is one part of it, but I equate the whole process of exploring franchising to a courtship. 
mm-hmm. leading to marriage. And when you work with the daily coach, it's going to start with a blind date. <laughs> so once, I, <laughs> once we've identified your characteristics and what you're looking for in a lifelong relationship, or maybe only a few year relationship, <laughs> you have that option to get out in this, in this relationship, yeah. then I'm going to go do the work and I'm going to bring back the potential suitors. But you right. can't say no, you just got to go. It's like when I, when I talk to the guys, I'm like, I'm going to, it's like flashing the girl's picture and you going, eh, nah, like swipe right or whatever. Like, no, you can't do that because the picture is shallow, right? Yeah. You can't look at the name of the company and think, ew, like, I, and like you're the expert. Yeah. You got to go on the date because as an investor, when you start thinking like an investor, it becomes more about, well, who is the customer and how, how, how do they serve their customer and who are the competitors and how many customers do I need to make the kind of money, the kind of money that I want to make in order to make this business make sense for me financially. And you can't get any of that because you know the name of the brand. You mm. can't get any of that on the internet. The only way you can know that is by being in relationship. So the yeah. franchise tour guides you through a series of what I call book theory. They teach you their systems and tools over the course of two to four phone calls. Then they set you up to go validate what you've learned by interviewing their existing owners. So, and that part of my dating is going to meet the crazy family, right? So <laughs> before you interview the family, you want to know who are the other crazies who are in here. Because <laughs> uh, you do when you get married, uh, even if it's for a little bit, right? Uh, you, you marry the family. That's for You're sure. marrying everybody. Yeah. So and what are they willing to say, right? Yeah. If they're happy, if they feel supported, knowing what they know, if they do it again, it, and really, like when when you as the potential investor hear from the salesperson, it's always like, yeah, well, they're just trying to sell me something. But when you go out and you meet franchisees and they're not trying to sell you anything and they're telling you what a day in the life looks like and what they're looking forward to, and that's where people make a connection. And I'm and of course I coach people like which franchisees should I be calling just randomly and what are the questions and to the psychology of talking to these owners and what are you really trying to hear so that you can make an investment decision. So the answer to your question is absolutely it's (laughs) it's mutual evaluation. Everybody has to want everybody at the end of the process when you've completed the process, which is about six to eight weeks. The franchisor will say, we love you, Jay. We absolutely want you to take our business model to your you know, area and be a brand ambassador for, for us. Do you want us? And then yeah. it's your say yes or no to. Very cool. So I want to make sure there was a couple of things that you, um, I don't want to skip over that you mentioned there. You said your services are free for candidates. Yes. So help me understand that. So I'm a potential candidate, right? So I can get my daily dose of Kim um, and it not cost me anything. But how do you make money? You about free advice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what, well, no, it's not just that, but you have a very successful business. And I can't, what I'm sitting here trying to connect the dots to is how do you make money? Because you're not going to do it for free. I mean, while it may be, you know, you're, essentially you're kind of a recruiter or a matchmaker. I'm going to stick with matchmaker because of... Uh, um, what you're saying, I guess it's like that. You're, you get paid by the franchisor to bring them quality candidates, right? Is that how that works? Okay. That's okay. exactly how it works. Yeah. Okay. And yep. what is an FTD? You mentioned FTD earlier. Great question. 
So that's the franchise disclosure document. So the Federal Trade Commission regulates franchising, which is different than like a license or distributorship or a business opportunity. This is what separates franchising from those other business opportunities. Um, It's a document that has to be filed with the FTC annually, and it really entitles the potential investor to full disclosure. It's kind of like the prospectus of a stock. Yep. Um, it, it gives the, the investor the opportunity to look at, you know, um, the um, executives of the company, any litigation in the system, past or present, uh, all anything they're obligated to pay has to be disclosed in here, gotcha. potential earnings claims. Um, it, 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 and really, the reason franchising, when you look, step back and go, well, when you ask that question, what is a franchise? It's such a multifaceted question. Yeah. It's many things but like what makes a franchise successful that's a that's a good question right so when you have a super tight fdd that everybody like reads without coaching and says why would i ever agree to this i'm putting in all the money i'm taking all the risk and then they have all the rights like that's the fdd that you want to sign even though in the beginning it feels like the complete opposite gotcha because it's a set of operating procedures it look Money makes people emotional, sure. right? And it breaks up many marriages. And so when you have a business relationship where the center of it is making money and people mm. come in with varied expectations about what they're owed and what they're yeah. going to get, which usually are their own false expectations. And that's, again, why I have business to help people yeah. know what to You get. got your uh, level setting expectations across the field, right? Right. Doesn't and mean so- that people are still going to complain and whine when uh, it doesn't. Of course they are. Of course they are. Back to the kid analogy. They're not going to take the franchise over to court and win because that's what you don't want your franchise tied up in litigation or spending thousands of dollars they could be spending on reinventing a new product, you know, Mm. or bettering your opportunity because they're fighting franchisees that, that didn't take responsibility for what they agreed to do. Right. So that's why you have an FDD. It's a, it's protective of the franchisor because it's providing a set of guidelines and by, you know, of, of, of bylines of how we're all going to play together, what you're obligated to do and what they're obligated to do. And I think you answered this a little bit earlier. Um, but do most investors when they, get into the franchise or owner, franchise owners, the franchisees, do they stick to the same industry or they diversify? And for example, what I mean by that is, you know, I am virtually dating a lot of folks right now, you know, not, I don't know, back out of that. That did not come out right. Uh, Virtually dating a lot of investor, potential investors. Uh, (laughs) That didn't, I don't know if you're, I feel like I've turned a lot redder than I was earlier, but that is not what I meant. Um, I am looking for potential investors, you know, as I've been laid off, focusing on full-time real estate investing. um, You know, now I'm just looking for more doors, right? Uh, I would love to say by this time next year, we have not 328 units, but we've got 5,328 units because that's what my projections are going. Now, a lot of economic things have to happen to make that work or, retiring landlords have to get that much more fed up. I think both of those are going to happen, but completely lost my train of thought. 
<laughs> I am so embarrassed about what I said earlier about virtually <laughs> dating other investors as along those lines. Oh, that, so I get to the point where I tell these folks diversify, right? Don't put all of your eggs in one basket. Don't, don't, if you have a hundred thousand dollars to invest, don't put it all in the first deal that I bring to you, right? You shouldn't do that. You should get used to, um, because unlike the franchisee world, there's really not that economies of scale when it comes to if you're going to buy one unit in this market, you have the option to buy three and you wait three years. Now all those are gone and you have to get an hour and a half. There's not really those economies of scale. So I, I encourage people to diversify when they invest with me, not only just with the deals they invest with me, invest with other sponsors and syndicators they have a relationship with, but also don't put all your money into one project right? Um, do back to the franchisees, do most franchisees or the most successful franchisees, do they stick with just one industry or how long do they stick with one industry until they try something else? That's a great question. I think it's a personal, it depends on their goals, yeah. depends on their success, right? Yeah. So you're on your podcast. I mentioned before with the guy from the family guy and he was lucky yeah. enough to be Festival the first time he bought that duplex yeah. and you were talking about that like imagine and you said oh well, the first time I did it I wasn't successful yeah. <laughs> so it was, I think the same thing right it's like if you get out of the gate and your first two or three locations of something are massively successful you may think hey I'm like I got this and maybe you grow three more units of that or maybe you come back to Kim and we find you your second investment um, and then maybe that one is as successful or isn't as successful. So it, it depends, I guess is the best. It just depends on what your goals are. But That's certainly it. I think a good portfolio is, let's say that your first investment was three units of some fitness something, right? And that can be a little trendy. Um, it's kind of like a motorcycle ride and on the highway without a helmet, you know, it's like, mm. our, it's just, fun. It's exhilarating. It's, but it's sometimes risky, you know, versus like a business, like a Meineke or my friends over at Supercuts. Mm. These aren't so sexy, but they're slower and steady rides. Yeah. So someone might have multiple units of something that's a little more, um, disposable income based and, and fun and, and exhilarating. And then also have a few units of something that's a little more practical and unstable yeah. because then the total portfolio is just more balanced. Yeah. But other people do all only slow and steady. And then other people are just <laughs> like, you know, I have most massage envy owners were, are awesome for this because they own, you know, two, three, four locations of their massage envy and they have that demographic and they, they're like, okay, they come back to me and say, okay, well, where, what else can I do? Well, with these yeah. Companies? You're adding another product for that same demographic. Yeah. Gotcha. You show them like, and so that that's why the founders of orange, um, a massage envy then started amazing lash. It's the mm -hmm. same woman, you know, is going to do your eyelashes. They started orange theory fitness. So they have a track record of success with one demographic and they just keep Add to the portfolio the products. Love it. That's, that's this economies of scale right there on a major way. Um, so I know we're coming up on time. I want to make sure the message gets out there. Your ideal candidate, what does that ideal candidate look like? So I, I mean, I'm trying to figure out if it's me, by the way, it's, <laughs> it's going to anybody that anybody that has an interest in owning their financial future, yeah. because even if somebody comes to me, I do a lot of live events and I, I'll say, listen, if you, if I've inspired you today, just call me. 
Mm. I will not waste your time. I have a way to very quickly help you understand what every franchise business cost and why. Because the first objection is going to be, can I afford it? So let's yeah. figure that out like very yeah. quickly. So, so, but what I want the opportunity to do is if you can't afford it, I want to leave you understanding what businesses cost and what you could do to save. So you'll know when to call me back. Like it doesn't have to be a kill today, eat today world for Kim Daly. <laughs> right? Like I'll plant some seeds with you and come back in a year or three years or five years. So anybody who has an interest in wanting to learn what franchising could do for them, yeah. And a little bit of money to invest. Money creates options. So the more money you have, the more options you have, like anything else in life. Right, right. Um, yeah. That's my ideal candidate. I like a measure of pain. I will say that. Mm. I think I think as human beings, we're motivated to really change when we've been severed from our, our job through yeah. no fault of our own. That's why yeah. I, I do love that um, executive in career transition because whether they wanted to be like, Sometimes people are like, oh my God, it was a blessing in disguise. Like I would have never left and I'm, I'm so happy they took me to leave. Yeah. Uh, and so, that's me. There's still that fork in the road. And so they, they have to do something different. Yeah. And it, that's often easier than like, I have a couple candidates in my pipeline right now in the middle of everything that's going on in our world. And they have stable jobs, but they want to make the leap. And I'm like, look, we, we talk about that from the first conversation and every conversation when I'm coaching them, like, how are you going to jump into the pool? Like, you're mm. going to get to the edge of the diving board and you're going to curl your toes over the edge. And I don't want to have to push you in. <laughs> push. You stole my line. I was going to say somebody's going to have to push them. Right. It's my job to help you walk down the plank of that diving board <laughs> feel confident that as soon as you get to the end, you can just jump with exhilaration and know that you're landing in the safety net of that proven franchise system. Yeah. That's but awesome. That's good. That's a good answer. Training usually is where yeah. I was going. Yeah. We, <laughs> we, uh, we went through some sales training, uh, recently at, uh, and that was it. The, the line, one of the pillars that when people want to buy from you or make this transition or, or reach out to you for coaching is there's no, if there's no pain, there's going to be no change. Right. So they've got to have that painful and it may not be that like, and for myself, you know, getting, getting kicked to the curb, so to speak, it may be one of those painful things where like, man, I'm working 60, 70, 80 hours a week. There's got to be a different way. Right. Yep. I want to spend more time, time with my family. Yeah, people will say, I'm tired of missing out on my family and they're looking yeah. for that quality of life or I'm tired of getting up and doing a job I hate every day. That's yeah. pain. You know? yeah. It doesn't have um, to be like the pain of, you know, uh, like it, it can be emotional pain. Yeah. yeah, That's even sometimes a bigger motivator for people. Uh, Kim, I can see why your, uh, your um, customers want a daily dose of the energy you bring and the smile that you have. I, I can, I can see why they're attracted to that. And that's, that's pretty freaking awesome. So let's wrap up. Let's, how can people, if they're interested in candidates like myself, uh, how can they reach out? You mentioned the phone number and, uh, got one here for you. I don't know if you give that out or if you want me to give that out, but how, how can people best get in touch with you? Okay. The best way is through my website, 
the daily coach d-a-l-y the daily coach.com on my website i have hundreds of testimonials from people that i've worked with over 18 years mm. i even have video testimonials where i've actually taken my pro production crew into the stores of people that you know once came to me like fearful that they were going to put their life savings on the line and now we've made their dream come true and those are that's some of the best work that i'm yeah. so proud yeah. Um, and, and I have just, as I said, a library of videos of just training videos on franchising and business coaching, um, blogs, newsletters, you know, more resource to understand how I do what I do. And obviously you can contact me through there. I'm also super active on LinkedIn and Facebook. So you can follow me on either one of those venues as well. Um, but if you have interest, I'm telling you, just don't hesitate to reach out. I absolutely love sharing my knowledge and, and, and if I can help you even to figure out that franchising is not a good investment mm. for you, listen, you get to check it off your bucket list and never yeah. think about it. <laughs> there you go. Accomplished, you know, yep. so hopefully yep. that's not the case, but you know, sometimes it is. Sometimes it is, but it all starts with that one conversation, right? And getting connected with you and having that conversation to figure out. Uh, let's go on a test drive or yeah, the dating virtual. I'm going to stay away from the virtual dating because of what I said <laughs> earlier. It was just horrible. Um, Kim, thank you very much. I've enjoyed getting to know you a lot more this morning and uh, I'll be reaching out to you saying I'm going to schedule something with you because I am interested um, and uh, kind of fulfilling that gap that I don't, that we don't have here at the, at the Helms household. So thank you very much. And uh, I look forward to connecting with you soon. That's great. Thank you, Jay. Have a good day.